Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. My name is Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. But tonight, on my extremely special edition of my Dark Corners podcast, we are not actually going to do much traveling. <laughs> actually, tonight, on this mini trick-or-treat Tuesday night, in honor of my favorite non-holiday holiday, Halloween, <laughs> we are actually going to discuss... Seven unexplainable creatures that go bump in the night. So let's go dark and we'll start with the Jersey Devil. <laughs> Thanks for ruining that for me. <laughs> okay, so sorry about that. I was uh, given a little scare by my child who snuck up on me while I was obviously recording. So getting back on track and going dark with the Jersey Devil. Since the mid-1700s, people have been reported seeing this strange creature who, you guessed it, resembles the devil. And naturally, after all of these sightings, some folklore was created. So per this folklore, in 1735, a Mrs. Leeds, a woman who was suspected of being a witch, was pregnant with her 13th child. And it was she who gave birth to this supposed cursed monster. All grown up and out of the house, it is said that the Jersey Devil's favorite haunt is the dense Pine Barrens of New Jersey. And... Because of its frightening appearance and location, it has earned the nickname the Jersey Devil. Now, the curious thing about the Jersey Devil is when it's seen, it is actually considered an omen of some type of disaster or war. Over the last couple hundred years, as he has been continued to be spotted, those spottings and sightings of him are rare these days. But oddly enough, about 100 years ago, during the week of January 16th through the 23rd in 1909, over a 1,000 people saw him between Philadelphia and South Jersey. And they even kind of had this interesting thing going on where they were actually finding unrecognized hoofprints in their yards all over the area between uh, Philadelphia and South Jersey. And it also comes to no surprise that there was an increase of cattle mutilations at this time. So in total, between the 200 plus years that the Devil Jersey has been spotted, 
It is believed that more than 2,000 witnesses have reported seeing him through the centuries. And one of the most famous witnesses is Joseph Bonaparte. That's right, Napoleon's dear brother. He claimed to have seen him in 1820. So what does the son of the devil look like? The son in Mrs. Leeds looks like? Well, with some slight variations, of course. Uh, he basically uh, is about three and a half feet tall with a long neck, a face that looks like a dog, wings on his back, and the wingspan is about two feet, has some horse hooves, and walks on his hind legs, while he has two short front legs with paws on them. And naturally, he is blamed for the mutilation of cattle, the unexplained deaths of family pets, and he's also blamed for missing children. And because of his association with mummy, his second nickname is the Leeds Devil. Moving on from the Jersey Devil, let's talk about the Mothman. Starting in November 1966, a series of bizarre sightings took place around the area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The first initial sighting happened on November 15, 1966. Four young adults noticed two red lights in the shadows of the West Virginia Ordnance Work, a former TNT factory from World War II. So, seeing something unusual, an empty factory, they stopped to see what could possibly be causing this strange light. And, after investigating the area, they came across what they claimed was a six or seven foot tall creature that resembled a man with large wings. And his eyes, they were the red lights that they had seen from the road. Scared shitless as I would be, they jumped back into their car and gunned it from home. The red-eyed beasts actually flew after them. And word of this incident spread like wildfire. From that point on, more than a 100 people in Point Pleasant reported seeing the Mothman over the period of the next 13 months. Now, again, like with the Jersey Devil, the variation of description differs slightly, but basically he was described as being between six and seven feet tall with gray scaly skin, large red glowing eyes that were considered hypnotic, had the ability to cause radio and television interference, and with his wings, they were at least a 10 feet wingspan. Now, obviously following people in their car, it was also reported he could fly up to 100 miles per hour and he was capable of making these really loud screeching noises. In addition to all of this, the witnesses who saw him also reported having the feelings of sadness and anger and outright fear when they see saw him, which I think is a natural one at least because who, who wouldn't be afraid? He was also blamed for mutilating and eating the large dogs in the area. Now, as curious as this guy sounds, during the same 13-month period, another curious thing started happening in this area. And I'm talking the increase of UFO sightings and men in black. That's right. The UFO activity actually became so prevalent that families and individuals knew if they would just go and visit certain areas of like lookouts and hangouts, they would see 
this increase in activity. It actually became like a family activity. But in town and surrounding areas, at the same time, men dressed in black also showed up in the area. Their interaction with the locusts was strange. They made the people of the town feel uncomfortable. And it's just, there's a lot of bizarre incidents going on at this time. Then, on December 15, 1967, like I said, 13 months after his initial sighting, a major bridge in the area collapsed during rush hour, killing 14 people. And the curious thing on top of that is that people stopped seeing the Mothman after this terrible incident happened, and it gave people the impression, the notion, that just like the Jersey Devil, he was basically a premonition of something ominous. Now, the sightings of the Mothman was not actually exclusive to the Point Pleasant, West Virginia area. He's actually been seen and reported to have been seen all over the world. And again, it's the reports are consistent with him being somewhere from six to seven feet tall with the red piercing eyes and either has bat-like or feather wings with a large wingspan. But Point Pleasant, in honor of the 13th month sighting of him, actually has a Mothman statue, which you can Google and see, a Mothman museum, and hosts a Mothman festival. Maybe he actually kind of appreciates that. I don't know. Maybe he blends. (laughs) I don't know. Either way, that's the Mothman. Moving on to our unusual creature that goes bump in the night number three, the goat sucker, or in Spanish, el chubacabra. So, this guy, he gets spotted for the first time in 1995 in Puerto Rico. And things are are not going well at this time. What happens is, is that goats are actually starting to be found dead and drained of their blood, which is very strange because A, who does that? And B, that's just not normal. So, the strange killings actually don't stop with the goats. We're talking chickens, ducks, turkeys, rabbits. And farmers would wake up, people would wake up, and they would find that even up to 100 animals in one evening get slaughtered. Now, many people wanted to shirk this off as wild dogs or coyotes doing. The problem is is that wild dogs and other predators have the tendency to drag away their kill, their food, to actually be eaten or devoured but these killings were nothing like that what was happening was these these animals were actually not being killed for food they were being killed so that whatever killed them could drink their blood and they would drink the blood to the point where they were actually draining the bodies of the blood through unusually small incisions wild animals and coyotes they don't got time for that Who, who's got time for that so With the blood draining through the small incisions and that not being the behavior of wild dogs and coyotes, they obviously knew that something wasn't right. So at this time, the first chupacabra actually gets spotted by a woman who sees this creature basically sucking on this poor unfortunate goat. Now, after this, woman comes forward, other witnesses come forward, and they're all basically describing again, with a few slight variations, the same creature. The, the El Chupacabra is three to five feet tall. 
He has a row of spikes down his back. He has alien-like red glowing eyes. Some reported hopping around like a kangaroo, but definitely has sharp fangs. And others, because not everybody, some people reported that the chupacabra has wings. Now, again, like I said earlier, the initial sighting was in Puerto Rico, but soon El Chuba starts getting blamed for some strange animal killings in southern Texas, parts of Mexico, and even as far down as South America. I remember very clearly when the El Chupacabra sightings started, and it was definitely something kind of interesting. But moving on to number four, the skunk ape. This sounds a bit odd, a skunk ape. Well, I believe the first sighting of this skunk ape actually happened in Florida. The skunk ape is described as a large, hairy ape man that gives off a horrendous smell, hence the name skunk, and he's believed to roam, or it or they are believed to roam around from Oklahoma to North Carolina, but most of the sightings have been reported in Florida. It's almost like he's Bigfoot's southern cousin, but only on the ape side of the family. Now, unlike the Jersey Devil and the Chupacabra, the skunk ape is actually seen both night and day, and they actually believe that he appears to favor swampy areas. And in the year 2000, somebody had sent the, uh, a, their local newspaper actual pictures of it thinking it was an escape orangutan. So there is actually photographic proof of this creature. And just like Bigfoot, people are actually looking to prove his existence. They're looking to collect pictures, they're taking hair samples, they're even casting foot casts. Apparently the skunk ape has four toes, unlike Bigfoot, which has five, so that's the distinctive difference. There's even actually a website devoted to the creature. Either way, if you're down in Florida and you smell something horrendous, get out of the area, because that could be the skunk the skunkscape. <laughs> The skunk ape. Now, kind of heading back north to number five is the Dover demon. This one is the one that has the least amount of, I guess you could say, time in terms of sighting. The Jersey Devil, like I said, has been going on for two and a half centuries. The Dover demon, however, sounds like it happened, this curious incident happened, and one to two days. The events begin in good old Dover, Massachusetts, on April 21st, 1977. At 10.32 p.m., as three 17-year-olds, a Bill Bartlett, a Mike Zakoa, and an Andy Brody, are driving north from Farm Street in Dover, Massachusetts, Bartlett sees something creeping along a low wall of loose stones on the side of the road. He initially thinks it's a dog or a cat until the headlights of the car that they're driving shine on it and the creature like slowly turns its head and glares into the light and its head is huge with two round glassy bright orange eyes and Bartlett will go on to describe it as a, th a creature with a long neck, 
that had long, spiny arms and legs, very thin in nature, but had large hands and feet. He also will describe it as hairless and peach-colored. He believed it was no more than three and a half to four feet tall. And unfortunately for Bartlett, he's the only one that actually sees this creature. So when he gets home and his dad sees that he's really upset, Bartlett not only tells him about the creature, he even provides etchings and drawings of it. And these etchings and drawings of it you can actually check out if you take a moment and Google. Now, about an hour and a half later... Around midnight, a second boy, a 15-year-old this time, by the name of John Baxter, now he's leaving his girlfriend Kathy Cronin's house at the south end of Miller High Road, again, still in Dover, and as he's footing it home, about half an hour into his walk, he sees something approaching him. So he calls out, but he gets no response, and eventually Baxter and the, the creature kind of approach each other until finally the creature stops and Baxter then says, who's that? You know, trying to engage to figure out who's out late at night walking around. Well, after getting no answer, Baxter takes a step forward and the creature takes off. Well, finding this really strange and curious to see what the hell's going on, Baxter gives chase. And when the creature realizes it's being followed, it stops and turns. And at this point, Baxter can see this this creature standing about 30 feet away. And he could see that this thing, it, which is standing on top of a rock, his feet is like molded to the rock. And later on, when he's calmed down and kind of has a better... Uh, Frame of mind, he describes the body as being like monkey-like with the long, thin, spiny arms and its odd-shaped head, its eyes, or two, you know, bright eyes. But at that particular moment, Baxter, of course, super freaks out. He runs back to the main road, and there he actually hitchhikes, gets a ride from a couple in a passing car, and they take him home. But, I mean, he's completely freaked. I would be freaked. I don't blame him. So then, the very next day, another 15-year-old, Abby Abraham, who actually knows Bill through some friends, she's driving with a friend, and they see this creature. And just like both Baxter and Bartlett, they're saying, they say that uh, it was about four feet tall on two legs, it's hairless. It had long, spiny, peach-colored limbs and a large watermelon-shaped head with two large glowing eyes. So this, however, is the only two-day incident or from what I from my research that this Dover demon actually gets spotted. But it's very curious. He's, it's a very curious looking uh, creature. So again, if you take a moment and you Google the sketches, it's it's a bit creepy, this Dover demon. Now heading up north to our number six creature that goes bump in the night is the Beast of Bray Road. The first reported sighting of the Beast of Bray Road was in 1936. Bray Road is a rural road on the outskirts of Elkhorn, Wisconsin. Since then, and several sightings later, it has actually been given a second nickname, the Wisconsin Werewolf. Now, there have actually been 
like surges in reports in 1964, 1972, and in 1989, along with the early 90s. In fact, with the rash of sightings in the late 80s in the early 90s a local newspaper the walworth county week actually ends up assigning reporter linda goffrey to investigate the story further well naturally being someone who probably hadn't seen the beast of bray road she was very skeptical but after interviewing and and talking to witnesses and really getting a legit sincerity from the people who have claimed to have seen it, she writes a series of articles that later becomes a book titled The Beast of Bay Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. And I actually heard of The Beast of Bay Road because of a documentary I believe I saw on Netflix regarding it. And speaking of witnesses, we are talking a significant amount of people, but more importantly, we're also talking about prominent members of the community. In fact, one witness is a former assistant district attorney of Walworth County. Again, like every other creature we've discussed tonight, some descriptions slightly vary, but mostly witnesses report a bear-like creature resembling Bigfoot on all fours. It's, you know, two to four feet tall, but standing upright, it's about seven feet. And it, and it can walk on its hind legs. Some report it being like a seemingly intelligent wolf-like creature, but definitely the fur is either brownish gray in color, resembling that of a dog or a bear. Now, along with the similar descriptions, several witnesses have also tended to report the same type of experiences that they've had with the beast. Several have reported having contact with the beast with their vehicles. Like as they're zooming by, he'll scratch and leave long scratch marks on the doors or on the trunks as they're zooming along. One witness, while driving on a foggy night, reported hitting something crossing the road. And naturally, they pulled over to see what they accidentally hit. And the driver reported that a large-like wolf creature with red eyes began chasing her back into the car and she's hopping in she's trying to get away and uh just like previous descriptions this creature leaves long call marks on her rear passenger door again like the ape the skunk ape reports of this beast are actually not limited to the to the night People have actually reported seeing him, her, during the day. They've actually seen and observed this wolf-like creature running through cornfields, chasing deer. And yes, farmers and peoples in the area have found unusual large animal tracks that they can't really account for in the area. On top of, you guessed it, like the Jersey Devil and, and El Chuba, uh, animal mutilation have also been reported in this area. And we're talking, we're talking deer, we're talking actual livestock, and you know, ripped open, partially eaten with some specific organs removed from the animal carcasses, which is very interesting. It's almost like I'll just have a liver here and maybe a lung there. Either way, this beast of Bray Road is actually not isolated 
to just the Elkhorn area. In fact, in 1989, people of Delavan, which is about 15 minutes southwest of Elkhorn, also began reported seeing sightings of this beast. But all at all of these, I think the best and most related incident is the one on Halloween in 1999. A woman by the name of Doristine Gippen was driving on Bray Road, heading towards Delavan from Elkhorn. And as she was nearing the intersection with Hospital Road, she just took a moment to look down, change the radio station, when she felt a sudden bump. Like everybody else, you know, holy shit, what I hit, she stops to see what she may have accidentally ran over. She hops out. She doesn't see anything, but she hears the sound coming from the woods. So she turns towards the noise, and she sees this huge, hairy creature rushing at her. Fear kicked her ass into gear, and hopped, and she hops into the car, and as she's trying to hustle the hell out of there, the creature actually jumps on the hood of her car. But because the hood was wet, the creature, as she's speeding off, slips off the hood. So consider yourself warned. If ever you're on Bray Road, outside of Elkhorn, guys, and you hit something, keep going. Now, a lot of these creatures are chilling on the East Coast. We went to Florida. We went to West Virginia. We went to Jersey and as far north as Wisconsin. Tonight, I'm going to close out this episode with a West Coast entity unlike any other. So at number seven. Let's talk about the Dark Watchers of Monterey County in California. There is a group of mysterious, dark, human-like creatures of the Santa Lucia Mountains. These Dark Watchers are described as tall, sometimes giant-sized, featureless, dark silhouettes often adorned with brimming hats or walking sticks. They are usually spotted around twilight and dawn. They are said to be motionless, non-aggressive watchers who wander in the mountains and who will stand on the hills and the ridges as well as the peaks along the horizon of the mountain range. And per the legend, if anybody were to approach them, they disappear. Now some of the earliest recording sightings of them go as far back as the Chumas Indian legends. The Chumash actually used to call them the old ones. Early Spanish explorers and Mexican Machuros also saw them, referring to them as Los Vilejantes Oscuros. Now, when I googled and did some research about these creepy entities, I actually came across a 2018 California hiker experience, and I'd like to read what he wrote. As I was hiking up a remote trail on the 33 in Ojai, I was about an hour up the mountain, no people, no cars in sight. As I was hiking, I had this eerie feeling I was being watched. I looked up at the top of the mountain. It was a black figure. I waved, jokingly, not thinking the object was a person. It waved back. 
thinking maybe I was tripping or that it was a tree waving in the wind, I took a puff of my cigarette, only to see that the figure blew out a plume of smoke as well. I started to see it flowing, and I say flowing, almost floating vertically. I ran like hell back to my car, spraining my knee in the process. And that is the Dark Watchers of California. Do yourself a favor and Google what these dark figures look like before you go to bed tonight. I double dog dare you. Happy Halloween and good night.